You are Locked On NBA Draft, your daily podcast on the NBA Draft, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yo, yo, what is up? What is up? You're listening to Locked On NBA Draft. This is your host, Rafael Barlow from NBA Draft Junkies. Shout out to each and every person that has made Locked On NBA Draft your first listen of the day. And in this case, probably listen on a Monday morning. So this is your first listen of the week. I really, really appreciate it. This is a big week for me because I am headed to Barcelona. It's been a dream of mine to live in Barcelona. If there's one city in the world that I could pick to live in, it would be Barcelona. And then the opportunity to stay in Barcelona and scout basketball. I mean, it's like a dream come true. I'm I'm definitely thankful and grateful for this season in my life because I, I just was reminded that 10 years ago at this time, I was a 32-year-old unpaid intern with the Texas Legends and I was working at Chevron graveyard shift and uh yeah i i think i worked there maybe like two months and i think my checks were like 257 dollars so it was enough to cover a phone bill and some snacks and um here it is 10 years later i am on my way to barcelona to scout basketball i have a a podcast and a website so it's it's still pretty amazing to me and uh i mean i went through some crazy times i've been through it all from evicted to car repossessed to wanting to just give up in a sense and when i was thinking about giving up i was like well what else am i gonna do i mean i've worked a corporate job i've had you know the material things that that a lot of people value and then at the end of the day I decided that I wanted to work in basketball and chase this dream and I ended up losing everything in the process and then here it is like I said 10 years later I am about to just kind of live out a dream so it's kind of surreal to me and I'm uh, I'm just so thankful and grateful so while I'm in Spain I will be just trying to get a better understanding of the Spanish basketball system um, it's broken up into like five different regions, and um, I, I just watch a lot of basketball. The only thing I don't like is that the games are like once a week. So I probably won't have the opportunity to watch three or four games a week like I was hoping. So it'll just be once a week. So hopefully I can get into like some practices and just kind of um, fill my time. And I guess I'll be have plenty of time to watch film and create content for my website because – a lot of the games, like I said, they're once a week, and it's like they're every seven days. So hopefully I can find some EuroLeague games in between and and all of that. But anyway, I'm just really, really looking forward to it. But today in this episode, I want to talk about the big game. At least I thought it was going to be a big game. Gonzaga versus Texas. I had this game marked on my calendar as one of the games that I wanted to see this year. I thought it was going to be... Just a a good matchup between two teams that are ranked in the top five, and it ended up being a Drew Timmy interior post-play clinic. I mean, Drew was just totally, totally dominant in the game. And, I mean, he was so dominant that I don't think anybody talked about Chet Holmgren or Hunter Silas or Nolan Hickman, any of those guys 
that a lot of people were looking to see as NBA prospects. I mean, I don't, I mean, <laughs> nobody paid attention to them because it was definitely the Drew Timmy show. I can honestly say that I thought that this was one of the best college basketball performances I've seen in a while. And it was just such a, a dominating performance. I mean, clinic is the best word that comes to mind. I mean, Drew gave Texas everything. He was 15 of 19 from the floor, 37 points, 7 of 9 from the free throw line. And I know that Drew is a divisive NBA prospect. I mean, I just spent the last hour or so debating with someone on Twitter who everything that he brought up about Drew Timmy was he was too slow. He's a liability on defense. He brought up the Baylor game and how Drew struggled against Baylor. And my counter was, I mean, maybe like a week before that or two weeks before that, I saw him give Evan Mobley the business. I saw him give UCLA work. And I know, like I said, Drew has his limitations. He's not like this great athlete. But I personally think that he's an NBA player. I think he's going to play I even said it on Twitter, I think he's going to have a 10-year career, may not be an all-star, may not be a high-level starter, but I think he can develop as a rotation player because he's just one of these guys that once the lights are on, I mean, he just finds a way to put it into the basket. He has a high IQ. I love how he finds ways to just, he just knows how to find these gaps in the defense. A lot of it, a lot of people focus on his post play, which there's no doubt about it, that he is a great post player on the college level. I mean, he, especially in, in the Texas game, you just saw his full arsenal skills. He, he gave it to them however they wanted, whether it was as a roll man, a cutter, face-up jumper, I mean, footwork, just, I mean, a, a whole... I don't even know the word to describe it. It was like a full buffet of moves. And I, I have to question Texas's game plan. I mean, I feel like Drew has played over 60 games in college basketball. We know what he does well. And they were just defending him one-on-one in the block like he had four snipers around him and you couldn't help off the, their shooters because you didn't want to give up three-pointers. And... I just thought it was unfair. I mean, there was a, a kid, I think Brock Cunningham is his name. There are a few possessions where he was just on what I call Timmy Island, where he was just isolated one-on-one. One play, Drew took like three or four dribbles to get to his sweet spot. And it was just, like I said, an overall dominating performance. He had 11 points in the first five minutes on five of five shooting. And I would say if he scored 37 points, if he made 15 field goals, I'd have to guess off the top of my head and say 13 of those field goals were he had two feet in the paint. I mean, it's just the old school. I mean, I, I've heard Fran Fischilla say Kevin McHale game. But I'm a, a, such a, a big fan of post play. I, I love guys that score with their back to the basket. I love guys that just – do all their work in the paint. That's why I was a big fan of Alperin Shingun last year. I think that he's played pretty well so far in his, his rookie year. I'm waiting on Houston to just give him the keys and make him the starter. He's having a little bit of trouble with, with fouling and turnovers. But, I mean, Houston is, I don't know, 1-11 last time I checked. So might as well just make him make him the man there. But 
As far as Timmy, I think that he is going to end up being like a second-round pick. I don't think there's anything that he can do this year other than maybe shoot the ball that will top what he did last year because he had such a good year last year. I think he's going to win player of the year. And um, I think he's going to be, like I said, a second-round pick. And he is going to outplay his draft position. He's going to play better than a lot of guys that are drafted ahead of him. I think he's going to have a longer career. And I just think people are going to focus on what he can't do as opposed to what he does well. And pretty much this whole first segment <laughs> was about about Drew Timmy and how I'm I, a, a big fan. I mean, Timmy Island is, is, is the new word that I've, I shouldn't say I came up with it, but I mean, it's just the island that I love to see him on with one-on-one with defenders because he's literally unstoppable on the college level. All right, now when we return, I'll talk about some of the more higher or highly regarded prospects that we expected some production out of during this game, but we didn't get anything because it was the Drew Timmy show. All right, so stay tuned for the second segment, but I want to talk to you about prize picks. And if you're an NBA fanatic, I'm hoping you have heard about prize picks. It is daily fantasy made easy. I love this, and I'm sure, I'm confident you will too. Prize Picks is the best NBA daily fantasy prop game on the market. It offers more NBA props than any other daily fantasy prop operator. Offers the superstar players as well as the bench players. It's just the guys that are only recording a handful of minutes. It offers any prop that you can think of from yardage to touchdowns, even interceptions thrown. If you deposit and use the promo code... NBA, you'll receive 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Just be sure to use the promo code NBA. You can pick two to five players and over or under on their projections, and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. It is just you versus the projected numbers. What I like about prize picks, what makes this different to me, is that it allows mixed sport entries. So you can take the over on LeBron combined with the under on Mahomes in the same entry. So use the award-winning app on the App Store or Google Play. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's pretty simple. It's that easy. Price Picks is safe, and it offers fast withdrawals. So do not hesitate. Check out PricePicks.com. Use the promo code NBA or go to your App Store and download the app today. Price Picks is daily fantasy made easy all right now does this sound like you and if it does listen closely are you that guy that just has one device that lets you catch up on the game live or another that allows you to stream your favorite shows that you're watching sports highlights on your phone or are you the guy that uses your neighbor's best friend's login for you know your favorite shows and all the good stuff if that is you I would like to tell you about a simple way where you can get all the entertainment that you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get all your your content and your shows together. It is called Direct TV Stream and it brings you live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before. So you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and all your favorite shows in one place, which means you don't have to juggle remotes, no need to buy another device again, no need to keep an old iPhone and save it so you can use it to log in just for content. And the best part about this is that there is no annual contract. So you can get rid of all the clutter and the confusion. 
and just get your TV together with DirecTV. DirecTV Stream, I should say. So you can learn more about DirecTV Stream at DirecTV.com. That is DirecTV.com. And of course, a compatible device is required. So don't think, you know, you can use your old BlackBerry from 2003 and think that it's going to work. So again, compatible device is required and the content varies by package. All right, in this next segment, I would like to discuss three guys who I've seen their name listed as first-round picks on some mock draft boards, and we're talking about Gonzaga's deep freshman class, which is headlined by Chet Holmgren, followed by Nolan Hickman and Hunter Salas, and these are the guys that I was really, really looking forward to watching this particular game. Also, Texas's Jalen Tyson was someone that I was looking forward to seeing, and because I ended up getting caught up in the Drew Timmy show. I was highly disappointed with the production from these four freshmen. Combined, the Gonzaga trio only had nine points. Chet Holmgren, who is considered by some to be the number one pick in the 2022 NBA draft, only scored two points. Played 23 minutes, one of three from the floor, five rebounds, four fouls, one assist. Nolan Hickman had seven points. I thought he played pretty well. Seven points in 19 minutes, two of three from the floor, and knocked down one three. And then Hunter Salas only played four minutes. Gonzaga only went eight deep in this game, but uh, Salas only played four minutes, had one shot blocked, looked a little timid in the game, and he went scoreless. So these are... Three guys that, like I said, I've seen them as first-round picks on different mock drafts. So let's talk about Chet first. I thought defensively Chet played okay. I mean, there were times where it looked like the Texas defenders were intimidated by his his size and his shot blocking. There were times that I thought that he altered shots or just made guys kind of change their their, their course or, or make them think twice about going to the basket. I felt like he struggled a little bit with physicality. And even like on the rebounds, there were times where he was just literally getting pushed under the basket and wasn't in position to get rebounds. The rebounds that he did get were kind of like ones that kind of came to him. He wasn't really a a big factor on the glass, Uh, but his length was an issue. I mean, he went scoreless through the first like 10 minutes. So I thought that was somewhat of a concern, but he didn't force anything. He understood that it wasn't his night. He understood that Drew Timmy was cooking, and he just kind of played a supporting role there. So wasn't an impressive game for a guy that a lot of people are expecting to go number one or number two in the draft. And then as far as Hunter, he didn't enter the game until like the, I think it was like the 8.30 minute mark in the first half. And again, he looked pretty passive. So I'm expecting better things from him. But Hickman, I thought he played pretty good. But the player that I like on Gonzaga the most outside of Timmy and obviously Chet is Nimhart. I have been a fan of his for a a, a couple years now. I like what he brings to the table. I, I love how he... I mean, I just love him as a passer. I think that he's a creative passer. He has good size. He's 6'5". And, I mean, to me, a 6'5 point guard is always going to get a good look. But he's someone that I, I, I feel like he's looking a little bit more aggressive this year as far as looking for a shot. Again, he's a good passer. I think he makes high-level reads. 
And I love how he uses his speed to put pressure on on the defense, and he loves to push the ball and create for others. So, like I said, a six five point guard is always going to get a good lap, a, a good look or a good opportunity, and then someone that can pass the ball as well as he does, I think it's worth a shot. Sleeper, late first round pick for me. Um, Gonzaga just seems to have these big guards, like these big point guards, like Joe Ayayi last year, who uh, I think he's playing pretty good with the with the Washington Wizards and their and their G League team. And then Marcus Carr from Texas. I thought he played. Eh, he didn't. He didn't play the best, but he was someone that I thought was a, a, a player that I that I, I think has NBA potential. He struggled only four of 13 from the floor with 11 points. He's a senior, so, um, you know, of course, this world that we live in, if you're a senior, people don't really think you have a lot of upside. But I thought that he was someone that could possibly be a, a, a NBA player just due to his ability to put the ball in the basket. But, again, he, he really struggled um, with his shot. Another player that I liked is Tim Allen. Timmy Allen, uh, and I did not realize that he is the brother of Teddy Allen. I'm from Nebraska, and, and, and Teddy played in Nebraska, West Virginia. I forgot where else that he, he went to school at. Super talented kid, um, but Timmy Allen, who had a, a good career at Utah and made the transfer to Texas, I thought he played well. If there is one thing that's holding him back from being a legit NBA I mean, I want to say he is an NBA prospect, but just kind of being more highly regarded is his shooting. He has, throughout his career, hasn't really been a good shooter from from deep. I mean, you just look at his numbers. Last year, he shot like 27%. The year before, 21%. This year, he is shooting the ball better from three. He was two or four from the three-point line um, in, in the game versus Gonzaga. What I like about him is that he has the size and strength to to play multiple positions. And in this game against Gonzaga, he also chipped in six rebounds, four assists. I thought he was the only Texas player that I felt like was consistent throughout the game and, and was just aggressive. Everybody else seemed kind of, I don't know, bamboozled early just with uh, the way the game started off. So those are a couple guys from Texas. And then Jalen Tyson, who I, I thought was um, – I, I was expecting him to have a really – Good season. It's, I mean, it's still really early. The season isn't over, but um, Fran Fraschilla had compared him to Sadiq Bay, and I'm not saying that I like Tyson as an NBA prospect because of you know the the Fran Fraschilla cosign. But I've had a chance to watch Jalen work out a couple times. I'm a great kid. I mean, he comes from a good family, and I think that he does have the size and skill set to be an NBA player. But it looks like right now he's just just caught up in a numbers game and it was weird he only played I mean the box score has him at one minute but I don't even think he played a full minute like I don't even think he played an offensive possession so I thought that was pretty strange coming from a guy that was such a highly highly regarded uh recruit so um but yeah Jalen Tyson again that's the one that I'll be watching out for keeping an eye on this this season hopefully you know the results are a little bit better than they were in this last game all right when we return i have a new player that i think his name should be thrown in the mix for the top overall pick but before i get into that 
If you've been following me on Twitter, you probably know exactly who I'm talking about. But before I get into that, I want to talk to you about Built Bar. We are getting closer and closer to Thanksgiving. And unfortunately, well, I guess you can say unfortunately, but fortunately for me, either way, how you think of it, I won't be here in the States for Thanksgiving. I'll be in Spain where they don't celebrate Thanksgiving. So I'll be watching everyone's pictures and videos on social media eating turkeys while I'll probably be eating, I don't know, croissant or something like that. But if you love Thanksgiving and all the good food and treats, and there's plenty of them, but you want a yummy dessert that isn't full of calories and sugar, I suggest you get a Built Bar. Because Built Bar is the new holiday dessert. You can feast on something delicious and also feel good about it. No need to have the guilt from overeating because one slice of pie has upwards to 300 calories. And to be honest with you, that's from the low end. While most Built Bars are only 130 calories and only 4 grams of sugar with plenty of protein. So please, if you're looking to eat something healthy, replace the coconut cream pie with the coconut Built Bar. Or if you want a raspberry Built Bar instead of a raspberry pie. But there are lots of good flavors to replace any pie. Lots of flavors to choose from. Low calories, low carb, low fat, high protein. And it's covered in 100% real chocolate like i had to add the word real 100 percent real chocolate built bar is a great option when you're hungry so if thanksgiving isn't coming soon enough go for a built bar or two or three share some at your family gathering it will make things a little bit less awkward because maybe your aunt betty has not tried a built bar yet so new surprises all month limited flavors arriving at built.com regularly so go check the site often There's nothing like a Built Bar Black Friday, so mark your calendar. Black Friday will be a huge event with all sorts of surprises. So go to Built.com, use the promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your order. Use the promo code LOCKED15 at Built.com. All right, I got a new prospect that I think his name should be thrown in the mix for the number one pick in the 2022 NBA draft and it is someone that I was not really high on honestly I'll be totally honest I was not really high or sold on him when I watched this film as a high schooler I know the film I saw was a few years old but I just was not I mean I I put like this I saw the skill set I saw the talent but I wasn't I was just kind of confused about how he played But it is Jabari Smith from Auburn. He has been the most impressive freshman to me so far in this short season. I think his frame is filling out. Even though I I, I felt like he loved shooting threes too much, that was one thing, a knock on, on his game. I felt like, man, this guy is too skilled, too talented to settle for threes all the time. And now, I mean, it's only been two games, but through two games, he is shooting 62% from three on on four attempts. So he is every bit of a long-range sniper. (laughs) So I think the shot is legitimate. But not only is he shooting the ball well from three, he's rebounding in traffic. He had a couple possessions where he got the ball in, in in the low post, in the mid post. 
I thought when I watched when I first watched this film, I thought he could handle the ball. I thought he could face up. You know, maybe a guy that you give him two dribbles, he can do something. But now he is turning into like this rebound and run threat. There was a play where he got the rebound, took it the length of the court. A defender went to reach. He went behind his back. I mean, just in one motion, smooth behind the back dribble, kept his kept his pace. And took off inside the free throw line and finished. I mean, it is the plays like that that I mean that that excite me about his potential. On top of the fact that because he's such a good shooter and he can't handle a little bit, I think that he is going to be able to get points and buckets, attacking closeouts, and he's tough. Like there's some toughness to him, even though he's he's a little thin. That is something that I I did not really see. When I watched this film in high school, I just thought like, oh, he just floated on the perimeter too much and wasn't really aggressive or attacking. But now I, I see like he's he's not afraid to mix it up a little bit. Um, I think that at the minimum, he could be a pick and pop guy in the NBA, but he just has this versatility that that I really like. And I mean, he kind of represents the, the modern NBA power forward. I see some... Chris Bosh in this game. A little bit of Chris Bosh. Even though Bosh didn't really start shooting threes until later in his career. But Bosh was a beast. <laughs> and Jabari does have some some Bosh in his game. So here are some of the notes I had prior to the season. I, obviously, he's skinny. I thought he was going to need to really bulk up, which is something I feel like he's done. I thought he was going to struggle finishing through contact. I had settles for too many jumpers. His offense is very predictable. Either shoot a three or face up and drive. I kind of questioned his motor, his toughness, and thought that he only drove right. I felt like he was fluid and agile but not really explosive. And I thought like when he did post up, he had a a below-the-rim game. But, again, I have come around to see. And it's only two games, so, of course, I'll see if things change once we get to a, a real SEC schedule. But I think he has an outside shot at being the number one pick in the NBA draft. I think so. Now, it is early. It is November 15th. Things could change. But as of November 15th, I think that he has an outside shot. I know maybe three months ago, Yannick Sosa was the guy that people thought was going to have an outside shot at being the number one pick or at least the top five pick. And if I had to compare them based off of what I've seen right now, I mean, I think Smith is ahead of Sosa and, I mean, he's having a much better season. Again, I know it's early. It's only two games, and Sosa's played more games, and he's playing in a, a, a totally different situation. But as of right now, I would select Jabari Smith over Yannick Sosa. All right, well, that wraps it up for this episode. Thank you for listening. I mean, I just thank you for, for again, checking out my work. I'm, I'm very gracious to each and every listener. But before I go, and before... I sign out. I want to talk to you about Locked On Bets. It is your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked On Bets is hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. So if you're into the gambling and betting, you have to check out Locked On Bets. Well, this is Raphael with NBA Draft Junkies. The next time you hear my voice, I will be live in Barcelona, Spain. Hopefully I have some intel on a couple prospects that you may be interested in hearing about but once again it's Raphael NBA Draft Junkies 
listening to Locked On NBA Draft. And this is the point in the show where I say, I'm out. <laughs>